All right, guys, welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We've got a special treat for you today. Uh, he was born, I guess today was born in British Guyana in South America and lives in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. During the last five decades, he's made a name for himself as an illustrator in theater and product designer. He's worked closely with Olympians in costume design and brides wishing to be adorned with his magnificent creations on their wedding day. He takes special care for each and every one of them and each and every detail of their dresses. And all the while, this force in design has been teaching and training people uh, how to design their life through personal development and leadership. He considers it a blessing uh, to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, he is my friend and joins us on the show today to discuss being a leader in your own life, Peter DeFreitas. Peter, oh. glad to have you on today. Wow, what a pleasure. What an intro. <laughs> well... I, I like I wasn't me. I like the yeah. sound of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh if I if I fully created who you are for me with everybody, we'd I'd still be going. So um, <laughs> you know, because there are and one of the great things about our conversation today is about our, you know, being a leader in our own lives. And you've been integral in some pretty major events for me in the in the past number of months and um as i've gone through some uh, pretty significant stuff in my own life my own family and uh and so i'm glad to really be able to share you with our guests and with the world um i know that you've done obviously other interviews and stuff but uh, it's really it really is a pleasure for me uh, to be able to talk like this i know we get to do it on the phone but it's i think yeah. it would be really exciting for people to be able to hear uh, some of your thoughts insights just on on being me you know on on being uh, a person in this thing we call life well first of all i just want to thank you right thank you for that and um this is actually my second one my second interview talking about this like this so this is as much for me as it is for you, because I haven't got a clue what's going to come out of this mouth and what's going to come out of this conversation. And I know that in looking, listening back on it, I'm going to be like, wow, that was, that was, that was cool. <laughs> I just know that. I just know that it will be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. And you, you have done another interview and I, it's something interesting I, I want to share because the first time I remember meeting you and your okay I'm I'm just putting this out there your voice completely threw me off. I was like who's this guy with this soft gentle voice? It feels like he's whispering in my ear and for me over here I had a whole lot of judgment about it and um and it's interesting um because that has being so wrong um and i've i've loved it being wrong and um and then of course you know i 
I, I actually I don't know about the soft voice because I've heard you use all different tones, but it's Good. interesting to me Good. to take notice that uh, that there was something over here for me about about that that gentle voice. So uh, I don't know what it was. Anyways, I'm just sharing that. Yeah, that's my dad. Oh. That's my dad. Yeah, my dad had a quiet voice. He yeah. wasn't one much for yelling and screaming, or at least that's not how he was with us as kids. My mother took care of that. <laughs> my mother made up for all of the softness and the gentleness that he brought yeah. forth. But um, yeah, no, that's my dad. And um, it's funny. I, I, I always had an issue with my voice. I always had an issue with my dad. And, you know, as I got older and I got to really see that um, oh, I'm a lot like him and um, I could embrace it. I could embrace it and, uh, and have it sort of work for me because he had a way he had a way with people people really yeah. enjoyed being around him because of how he spoke and how he was and how he'd be that that is so interesting because of course i'm i'm thinking about um you know growing up my dad normally he either had a pretty gentle tone he would say something very matter-of-factly and he didn't use a lot of words or he would be the opposite. And, and whatever words he started using, they were with force and you need, you knew you better move because real force was coming next. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there was my mom who, um, you know, even, even when she's, being gentle she is still fairly loud so hmm, that's interesting maybe maybe that's part of what i was used to but it's an interesting insight see see guys right off the bat we're getting right into it uh you you can't help but when you're talking to mr defreitas here um you know wow. get a get a mirror put in front of you mr defreitas here I got present yes. to my dad. That's because my dad was Mr. DeFreitas. I know I really, really you know, relate to myself as Mr. DeFreitas. I'm Peter, but that's great. One of the reasons I wanted to have Peter on the show is because the number of insights I've had into my, my own character, my own thought processes, my decision-making mm -hmm. has really made a massive difference for me in in my business in dealing with investors dealing with clients you know dealing with team members all of this it's made a massive difference and i think that there is wisdom in in understanding it's not always about the techniques in business it's not always about having the best marketing and all of these things sometimes the the roadblock, shall we say, and I, I'm perhaps, Peter, you've got something to say about this. Sometimes the roadblocks or most of the roadblocks are with us and not out there with mm -hmm. people at all. That's interesting food for thought. <laughs> I am. Well, let's see where it goes. Let's see where that yeah. goes. If I were to just take what you said and look at it for myself. If the roadblocks were with me and I look at my career and I look at 
the successes that I've had, and I've been very successful in my career. Um, it's not always given me what I thought I wanted, but it always gave me what I needed. And um, I can see that looking back on it all, it's always been me that's been in the way. They all, all of the people I worked with, they were all waiting for me to bring what I could bring. <laughs> but it was always me that was a little bit concerned about, is what I'm bringing too much? Is it not enough? Is something wrong with it? Like that. So I can see how I maybe was the hurdle mm. in some of that. Is that kind of what you were pointing to? Well, I'm I'm just thinking, <laughs> who yeah, knows? who knows? <laughs> I, I, but I'm... <laughs> But as you're saying it back, I'm I'm just hearing it and and thinking, you know that that is interesting because even with how I got into real estate investing, the biggest hurdle was not the details; it was not the knowledge. The biggest hurdle was was getting over myself, my own fears, my own doubts on. Could I do this? Could I, you know, how was I going to mess it up? <laughs> um, you know, all all of these things. The, and and that was actually one of the interesting things because the I had all this knowledge that I had built up in studying, and and I realized, okay, I've I've actually studied, I think more than I needed to <laughs> to do what I was looking to do. Um, I was ready to start Donald Trump's empire, never mind my own. And, um, and so when, once I was faced with that, I, it came real clear that all that was left was to address the stuff that was going on inside uh -huh. of me, because there was no longer, there was no longer any, um, like facts that were going to, that were going to make a change with that. I had all the facts. I had everything to make a decision. So now all that I was left with was making a decision. And, you know, it's something interesting is throughout my life, I have continued to grow in this ability to make decisions. And I had a great fear when I was younger of I didn't that I, I didn't want to live my life with the regret of not making a decision. Mm. I I've. And I've only grown in that desire to, I'd rather make a bad decision than make no decision. So, and so then you've been successful. I've, I've been, uh, I've been successful. I've, uh, and I, I would say I've been successful even in the failure. Yeah. Be because that but was it, success. What you wanted to accomplish was to make decisions, yeah. like to not sort of stall, but to make decisions. Sometimes they were great ones, I'm sure, and sometimes they might not have been. But yeah. you were successful in that you kept making decisions. You fulfilled yeah. on that. Yeah. He, he, now, here's something. Maybe you could, you could say something about this. I've found the greatest successes that I've had are my failures. Mm -hmm. they, they literally are, you know, I don't speak much about my successes but 
being able to talk about the failures is the best part of my day, any day, every day. Um, you know, talking with people, especially when you're talking to someone else that is afraid of making a decision and you get to share, you get to share this time when you messed everything up and because you get to show that you came out on the other side. So I don't know what that says about anything, but can you say something about, about that? Well, you know, Neil, honestly, I think I have a hard time figuring out what were the failures? I don't know if it's because I don't want to come off it up, right? Or it's like, or did I relate to it like failures? Yes, there were failures. There's a failure I had in telling my CEO that I didn't think this was the last, you know, the, of the corporate job that I had, that this was the last leadership career I had, like, like that, you know, I wanted to do something bigger. And and I didn't think it was going to be within the company. Like that was a failure because she got concerned and we had to create something. And there was a lot of bumping up against each other's stuff. But I look back at it, it was like, no, it wasn't a failure because I probably not the best thing to go do and talk to corporate, you know, to your mm -hmm. VP that, you know, you don't think this is your last career, but it wasn't a failure in that I was authentic about it. I had to, I, it was there for me to say, I didn't know any better at the time to, you don't do that. And I didn't find that out until later, right. but in the end, you know, in the end, what was so perfect about it was that it started us looking at creating a succession plan. And that was from my position, but it was for all the other designer positions that you know, she was accountable for. And we really started looking at, well, we need to hire some younger people to kind of train them and have them fulfill on us who will eventually leave. Mm -hmm. So it might have been a failure to have exposed myself that way, but, and it was uncomfortable and there was consequences to it for months to follow. But in the end, it had everybody win. Yeah. Yeah, there, it, it's an, you know, I would say that my relationship to failure has, mm -hmm. has changed. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, that mm -hmm. word really means something um, perhaps drastic something uh, painful mm -hmm. and and it's interesting because it's not that it doesn't mean that for me but it means something more you know or and it means something more to me because it's it's like every every great war movie when that general or somebody stands up and calls for everybody to be brave and to go forward every moment like that going through those failures is sort of like that. Unfortunately, it doesn't feel like that until you come out on the other end. It's, yeah, I, I think that is a really important thing to remember and keep uh, in place because it some of it often feels familiar. Oh, I've been here before. Why am I going through this again? Why are we going? Why does this never seem to like change or something? Like this feels familiar, but the but the great thing about that now is, oh, this feels familiar. 
I've been here before. Yes, it's uncomfortable. It's not the result I want, but this too shall pass. This too, I will, you know, see something about. And I think the older I've become, or the wiser I've become, or the more failures that I've had, the more I see this is just part of the design of it. This isn't the end that it failed. No, there's something still to unfold. And that's really the beauty of it. I don't know if that's something that comes more with age or the willingness to have failure be part of growing yeah well i I do think that just by getting older you you by de facto go through more things Mm -hmm. have more failures that just happens Mm -hmm. if you're lucky enough you'll put yourself through those opportunities more often when you're younger younger you you increase your your ability to to grow in your wisdom um I, I've got to ask you, I've got to ask you something about this, because you've at this point, you've taught thousands of people um, in this area of personal development and, um, you know, taking ownership of your life in these types of courses. I, I've got a. Well, at least at least hundreds, if not thousands. <laughs> hundreds probably is more okay. accurate, I think. I, okay. I, I noticed I found myself now <laughs> now. And you say taught, like in this role as a as a wisdom course leader, yes, hundreds of people. But I can really see there's thousands of people in my career that I have at some point or other empowered their leadership, empowered their looking. Yeah. Right? So thousands yes and hundreds more can you say something more about that you just said they're looking what does that mean well i don't know that i always had distinguished it quite like uh like they're looking but kind of like pointing towards something you know like even if it was something that i wanted to even if it was something that i wanted to accomplish so in the design world i would have to present a collection the collection would be either first on illustration and paper and and like that and i would have to point them in a particular direction as to where we were going and create that for them it's actually how all of the jobs that i ever got in designing was a function of my illustrating most of the designers I worked with didn't have that capacity and that's what got me in the door. And so the illustrating came out of conversations that I had with them and it pointed towards where we could go before we actually had to make the garments. So I've always been doing this, you know, sketching it up, talking about it, creating it. Maybe that's why I do it so quietly. (laughs) It's like, like to pull you in, (laughs) like, what if we did this and we created that? And this is the feeling of it. And it's like, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's not just to get my idea across, but it's to enroll you and to pull you into it so that then you can see what there is for you to see. And then perhaps we see something together and we move forward towards that. 
That's in the world of design. But I think even as you and I speak, you ask me a question and, you know, I'll sort of point you towards this and we look at that and then you hear something and then you point me and like, well, look at this. And then it just keeps going like that. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that. I, I find that really interesting, even with the brides, like it's not here, this is, the, this is the dress I want. No, it's not so much that. It's like, what do you want to feel like? What do you want the whole day to be like? What do you want? What do you, this is your day. What do you want people to experience when they look at you? And then we start to carve away at that in language and speaking and in imagery in our heads. And then I can put it down on paper and then and there I can turn it into something tangible. That is me looking with them, pointing in some direction that we're both going. I don't necessarily know where it's going to end up and what it will be until it's actually completed. And I think that's so joyful. That's the joyful part for me. Much like this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and right now I'm I'm even trying to I'm trying to follow where are you pointing? And and I'm I'm sitting here thinking uh, you're pointing it it's interesting because you're sort of the one teaching or coordinating, you're you're interacting with the person. And what I'm hearing from you is part of your leadership is is going with them and helping them to point to whatever it is. Yeah. See for them. Yeah. Yeah. See, Neil, it's it's kind of like this. It's like I have everything I need. I have an extraordinary life. I have love in my life. I have money. I have, you know, whatever I have. I have the things that I have. And what what gives me more life is now exploring what is it to want what others want. Okay. Like, can I want what you want? Like, just for that, just for the just for the joy of wanting what you want. That would mean you and I would have to have conversations about well, what do you want? Like, what do you want now? And what do you want now? And you're free to want all the whatever you want, and you're free to want what you want now and change your mind. And whoa, you just said some crazy words there. Okay. <laughs> and and that that gives us a kind kind of a particular kind of relationship. Right? Like there's something interesting about that relationship because oh and you know there are times i want you to do some things for sure but then i have to kind of catch myself is that me just wanting what i want or you know do i want him to go this way or that way but the moment i can catch myself and return to wanting what you want then i get to go wherever you want to go and we get to explore these things together yeah. And, and that really gives it uh, a whole life of its own that you, for you wanting to be in those kind of conversations, helping it moves, people. It moves me. Yes. 
I don't know why it moves me. It's just, yeah. it moves me. Yeah. I, I was sitting over here being really callous as I noticed uh, uh, your, no, no your brought to tears. <laughs> yeah, you brought to tears with no, with no Kleenex. And I'm like, wow, I, uh, what moves me like that? And, you know, I know my, my kids have that ability or, um, you know, when I see them hurt, uh, although they're not quite kids anymore, but there's something there. And I, I'm, I'm a little intimidated by your ability to be that free with, uh, not free, like that connected to, to sort of purpose, if I can put it that way. It's great. Thank you for putting it like purpose, because as you were creating what you were creating, I looked to see, like, did I just start doing this? Is this something I've always liked dressing someone, right? Which is kind of where it's sort of started and where most of it's like dressing them, dressing them up, dressing up my mother when I could, when I learned to sew, dressing up my sisters, like dressing them up. It's like, I wanted what they wanted. They wanted to feel something. They wanted me to do that. And so I did that. So it was like, I, I think there's been this always, I can see now this, this conversation that what that wanting really is, is to connect with people. That's all it is. So the, the best way I can connect with you is to want what you want. Because I know and have an experience of what it's like to try to force something on someone that maybe they don't want. And that's not really connection. So, you know, even let's say in business, right? It's like sometimes that bride wants a particular something and it's like, it's not happening. Like it's not, something's not yeah. connecting or yeah. they want it to be a particular price and yeah. it's not going to happen that way. And it's like, do I stop wanting what they want? <laughs> no. But we really look to see like, is this really what you want? Is this really what you want? And sometimes no. I just recently had a bride and I, you know, there was a particular price she wanted to work inside of. And I did what I could to see if I could work inside of that price. And I came as close as I could, but it wasn't quite the same. And she was very clear that that was the price. And so we didn't go there together. And, um, and yet I, and, you know, she said, thank you for like, just the looking together because she got so much about what it was she really she was got really clear about what she wanted and what she didn't want and mm -hmm. she wouldn't have been so clear before and yeah. great great experience i know a part of me in the past might have done it anyway and then resented it you know what i mean well if i could if I could draw a comparison to to my world in in oh. business, what I what it really draws me into is getting to this point where I stop trying to get people uh, in the sense of you know um, trying to make them understand what I think yeah. they should understand. Uh, 
you know, in the world of investing, in in this world of real estate, in in this world of business, and being a lot, especially because I'm always developing partnerships. I'm always developing relationships with people that want to invest, want to want to be lenders, want to be business, all all of these types of things, and what i have gotten out of that is it's so much more fun when you talk to someone and you just understand hey is this something mm-hmm. of interest to you and as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to mm-hmm. make someone come aboard because oftentimes the people that you try to make come aboard you end up having to keep making them stay aboard and it's so much more friction as opposed to you know finding the people you talk to them and if there's a synergy there just by sharing what's there if they're interested great let's go let's go along as opposed to trying to make people come on board to whatever it's like finding out what they want and wanting that yeah. Well, well, it, I, I almost look at it like, and, and this is especially for me as when I'm speaking to investors, it's here's what I do. And what is it that actually, I don't even talk about what I do just yet. I, what is it that you want? What is it you're trying to do? And in your life, what is it? What's important to you in terms of investing, real estate, making money, you know, because you know this leadership to wealth building your wealth what is that for you what does that look like and then and then i from that i know where i can play a role in that and then i can offer that to them and if that's interesting to them then we continue to have those conversations if it's not maybe i can refer them to somebody else i can you know that's that's sort of my mindset, but I find so many people are out there, especially when they're new into the world of business and entrepreneurship. I find that they're always, they're trying to convince everybody. And as a result, there's this like force of what we call rejection. And they're, and they're always feeling like they're getting knocked back and they get tired and I can't, you know, I'm saying the wrong yes. words. We get very self-critical. Um one of the things that I was hearing as you were speaking were all those times where I did contort myself to try to make something work. And they, you know, like the, the, it, it, it wasn't like a flow. There was like yeah, me trying yeah, yeah. to, and, and then we completed what we did, but the experience of it was kind of unfulfilling and it was, yes. it was kind of like a fail. Yes. It was a fail. Like yes. it wasn't the joy that would naturally be there in that flow. And, you know, being able to identify that as it's going on, it's like, oh, something's just not flowing yes. here. Yes. It's a wonderful thing to be able to like have a capacity to do. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, that forcing, um, I, I've been in conversations with someone and I, and somewhere in the conversation, I it hits me. Am I trying to convince them? I'm trying to convince them. 
I'm not in the convincing mm -hmm. business. Let let's get yeah. out of this. And and it's and and, it, and at that point, it just allows me to completely yeah. pull back. It's like in that moment, you can auto correct. Yeah, it's like yeah. the best when you catch it. Yeah. Well, you I wrote it down here. You said earlier about uh, the ability to change your mind, and I said uh. those dirty words because. I've found so often people have this desire to they've they come up with a thought, a, 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 a modality of thinking that they don't want mm. to give up. And they try to frame everything around that. And, I, you know, I think, you know, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Right. They yeah. try to fit everything around that. And um, as opposed to. Maybe looking back and going, hmm, OK, maybe I made that decision at that point. But now those three dirty little words, maybe now I can change my mind. It's one of the capacities we have as human beings that I think is so extraordinary. Which one? The the one to be uh, as stubborn and stick with it or the one to change your mind? <laughs> well, well, just like look at that in your life, right? What was life like when you were like stubborn and sticking with it versus when you were able to just free yourself up and change your mind look look over here look at another perspective i i have to say something about that because i was literally in this conversation with my brother two days ago so my my brother uh you know he's talking about stubborn and and as we talk about you know changing your mind that word for me growing up was oh i'm i'm stubborn i'm stubborn i'm stubborn and which sort of meant something like i'm I'm not open to change. I'm ignorant. I'm, you know, I'm a donkey. <laughs> now oh. it turns out I am. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out I am. But what I was able to switch later on was to actually look at that word stubborn and realize stubbornness is what gives me the ability to get into something and when it's difficult be able to still move through it mm. sometimes and yeah. and so maybe that isn't a, a bad word considering that donkeys <laughs> mules are typically the animal that you use to carry the heaviest of burdens yeah headstrong right yeah 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 strong willed and, and, strong -willed. and so yeah. when i started changing that around and taking that my instead of superman that s was stubborn man and <laughs> it allowed me to get into stuff and when things got difficult i was like hey, this is my superpower <laughs> let's go i don't need to stop now and and so that was a little bit of reframing and mm. that happened because i realized okay that's what she said my mom said to me at that point in time and maybe that's that trait can be used in a different way. And well, and I think too, as you go through life and you develop stubborn a little bit more and you finesse it a little bit more, some of it is very useful. Some of it is really important to have, like that you stick with something and that you're yeah. committed to something. Like all of that is part of stubbornness. So, you know, you've and it like anything it has a limit yes right yes, yes. You know? well 
I mean, every real estate professional, like a real estate investor, especially, or any investor for that matter, knows that you are going to run into some walls. You're going to run into some obstacles and you have to set your will to, to get through those things. You, you've got to do them. You, mm -hmm. It may be difficult and you can keep moving forward. And that's, that's just a reality. And what's, it's one of the things that separate you from other people that aren't willing to do that or deal with that. Now, I associated myself with a comic book character called Juggernaut, who, you know, always goes through walls. You can't stop him. The unstoppable force is Juggernaut. And so I, somewhere along the way, took that on and said, I'm, I'm a Juggernaut. Awesome. And then I realized somewhere along the way, in the last number of years, I noticed something. And, and it's only been in about the last three years that I started thinking, Maybe I don't need to be a juggernaut because every time I come up, uh, every time I'm a juggernaut, isn't it amazing that a wall shows up for me to run through? <laughs> maybe, maybe I could take the door three feet to the right. And, and so I've started creating that. And it's amazing in our discussions last year, as we started learning, you know, of course, we discussed a little bit about the explosion that I, that I had at the end of the year with this idea that you like to talk about a fun playing ease and, and having ease. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Where Where's all this money coming from? And I've been a juggernaut all these years. And, you know, lo and behold, with a little bit of ease, um, there, was, there was something like floodgates opening. Beautiful. You're never stuck with Juggernaut. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is there, okay, let me, let me flip this. Is there ever, is there something that you've ever found yourself stuck with like Juggernaut? And you've thought, actually, you know what? I don't want that anymore. Oh, that's a really, really great question tell you this is so great thank you for asking this question because i'm out to really alter it a little bit this pattern i have about this so at some point in my late 30s i realized that i had given up a desire and a want to design for theater and pursued fashion and in that if I didn't do something, start saying something, start creating something in costume design, I would probably never do anything. And so I started doing that. And before I knew it, was doing a lot of local theater costume design. And so lately I've been looking at how do I alter that now? So it's, it is a matter of, uh, I got stuck with that that was the best thing I would ever done. That was the pinnacle. And now anything else doesn't really match up to that. And nothing has. Mm. So Something like just the very idea of that? I said it. I spoke it. I would say it to people. Oh, that was the highlight of my career and like in terms of costume design. But I never started to really create anything like what was next. So 
that's what I'm creating now. Like whatever that next thing that is going to be is that's the next thing. So it's like we can get stuck with something like a thought or a way that we relate to something. But again, at any moment you can, and it stops, it stopped something. But in any moment you can pick it up again and you could say, you don't have to be stuck with, oh, that was it. Yeah. No, now I can create something else and I can pick it up again. It's this capacity that human beings have to stop and to start again. We don't really relate to it like that. Okay, so what I heard was something like um, people talking about, you know, you speak it and the universe will give it to you, um, which I've never been much of a guy that way, um, a thought process that way. But yet at the same time, I do believe in the power of speaking things uh, yes. not, not always knowing what the power of them is and in this case you're talking what i'm hearing is you said this and isn't it funny how your brain took it as that and you found it to be true since then yeah well consider too that given that that was the pinnacle yes there wasn't much else i was talking about So I wasn't, the, the more we talk about something, the more life we give it. Yeah. That's yes. why be mindful of what you're complaining about. See, if you're complaining a lot about something, you're keeping it into existence. Because yes. you're talking about it a lot. If you yeah. really want to have that complaint disappear try saying something else okay that's got to be confusing i now you and i have had this conversation so mm -hmm. i know it but can you say something more about that because most people are probably listening right now going what do you mean say something else well so there's kind of a mild complaint that i have that oh, i'm never going to really do another big piece of theater yeah right it's it's mild but it's like there's nothing happening. I'm not connecting with people that are in that realm. Yeah. I'm not meeting new people. I'm not sometimes not saying anything about it is just like another way of complaining about it and not talking about it. But if I really wanted to create something about it, I would do like I'm doing now. Tell you that that's something I'm up to. It's something I want to create. I don't know what it is yet. I don't know when that's going to happen. I could say this because I could say like within the next five years, there's going to be a piece of theater that I'm going to be involved with. That's me speaking it into the universe, into your listening. You're the universe, yes. into your listening, into why it's listening, into the yes. recording here, that that is something I'm creating. Yeah. And it lives right now in my speaking. Yeah. I don't know what it is but i'm creating that yeah i i know in this world of of business and leadership i mean we're talking about leadership here and leading yourself i know that one of the things i've learned is that 
the conversations that you involve yourself in are, that's the direction that you're going to go. And so choose your conversation wisely. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that as it pertains to leading leading yourself to in these different areas that matter to us, you know, health, wealth, happiness, you, you know, can you, can you say something about that? I think what I'd like to say about that to see how I can tie it back to health and wealth and like all of that yeah. is that I noticed Be, whole- being the, being the leader mm-hmm. in your own life, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Well, I noticed that the times that I wanted to create more money yes it was always from a looking at where could i be of service where could i bring what i bring to the world into the world where can i create opportunities to bring what i bring into the world and have that be something that would reward me i was never really interested in going after the money not that i didn't need it at times but it wasn't the focus the focus was how could i do what i do and love to do and love to be paid for and do it well how could i do that because i knew that that would give me wealth and i not just monetary, but wealth. So there were times when I would really (laughs) like play with, like test it out, like experiment. If I would ask for opportunities, like, and I literally mean ask for, like ask the universe, literally like standing out, I'm like, I want an opportunity to do something that I love to do. And that makes a difference for people. And then I would just notice it coming in a form of a job, in the form of an offer like that. I would test it out. And there were times that I never asked for those things and those things didn't come. I don't mean for it to be quite so woo-woo, but... I I think like anything, if you if you're willing if you're willing to believe it's possible, then maybe it is. I think I've just I, been willing to believe it is. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the number one to to leadership to in our in your own if you have to you have to believe in that as a possibility yeah go, go ahead yeah i you're shaking your head with something there it's, what's bubbling up for you it's it's like if i really look at all of those times that i wanted something to happen and i believed it believed in that could happen like it was possible, it happened. Mm-hmm. It happened. I said I wanted to, you know, create theater on a big stage. I thought it was going to be Broadway. I didn't realize it was going to be in Germany, 
but it was a big stage. It was a world stage, right? It doesn't yeah. always look quite the way we think, but when you really look at it, it is exactly what it is we asked for. It never looks the way I think it should look, but then that's how I am about everything, right? Like I don't, I should look different than I look. Right, like you know, I ne things never look yeah. the way I think they should look, but they yeah. often look the way that they are. And when I can be with how they are, I can see all the perfection in it. Yeah, that that's a, a larger conversation. Mm. I, I think there is some great wisdom that that you you've just put, in. man. It, we need another hour to explore that part. <laughs> Neil, I, I am grateful for this. I'm grateful for you having me doing some of the looking too. What I what I do want to leave for everyone here, because we're we've run out of time and we've actually gone over already. What mm -hmm. I want to put out there is how do people if they wanna if they wanna get more of you, if they it, for, for all the brides that are going crazy and they're like, I want to check out these dresses um, or for people that want more exposure to you. Uh, how, do, how does any, someone get a hold of you? Where can they find you? My email, I guess. I don't have a website. Peter Defreitas Joy at gmail.com. Yeah, it's yes, that's, that really is uh, the power of, you know, of leadership. If if you're good at that, then you'll be able to pass on through word of mouth. You will never, the best branding, it's the best branding out there, right? So Any, anything that I've ever loved or anything that I've ever really believed in or anything that I've ever really like enjoyed so much and I've wanted to share it with people, I yeah. do it. Wow. Well, Peter, I uh, I definitely want to continue this conversation. Maybe <laughs> another time when we can, we can look into it some more and um, maybe we can get some questions even from... Uh, from some of the listeners and and try to address some of those and awesome. i uh i thought your voice was great as Yay. we recorded it today <laughs> <laughs> peter thank you very much for coming on the show uh guys we were grateful to have you listening and being with us today on this conversation i know a little bit more uh ethereal uh, perhaps a little <laughs> bit more uh, thought involved out there but uh, thanks guys we'll see you again 